Right? Yes. Isn't that what we all want? We just want to be a little bit better. We don't want this ideal out there that we know we can never, ever reach. Because if we shoot for that and we miss, then we get into that whole thing. Something's wrong with me. Yeah. I'm a bad person. I'm lazy. I'm undisciplined. No, you just tried to jump from here to here. You are listening to the ultimate biohack for women, a movement of women who know what they want and go get it. You know the answers lie within. Reach in and grab hold. This is a movement, a movement of women who tune in and turn themselves on. Now you're biohacking the woman's way, integrating the art and science of hacking your biology like a woman. Tap your magic, conjure your yes, upgrade, elevate, maximize your potential. I'm Dr. Brandy Victory, and this is a movement, a movement that is sure to hack your soul. Hey, hey, ladies. I am really excited to be back with you. Today, I have the honor to bring another incredible woman to, the, to, the, to our platform. Her name's Rebecca Hannafan. And Rebecca is a lawyer turned fitness biohacking coach. Now, that's amazing. I can't wait to hear more about that. <laughs> it's a mouthful, too. Yeah, totally. She's a fitness instructor for 15 years, and she enjoys working with seniors. She also leads an online community for those interested in the ketogenic low-carb lifestyle or fasting and those who are interested in aging well. So, Rebecca, welcome so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. It's always fun for me. Um, you know, usually I tell people from the get-go uh, before we go before we air, but I'll just kind of give you the the, the the back my my reason for doing this with you is um, you know number one I like to share I like to share information about women who are doing amazing things in in their communities and now our world is our community you know with the internet and stuff which is really cool um, but the the other thing is I really like to help women understand that that they can too, really, that they, no matter what your story is, if you have a dream that you have the ability to go get it, like you just need to call in your yes and you need to go get it because we all have a story and obviously you have a story <laughs> moving from lawyer to a fitness coach, like that's that's following a dream right there. And so I'm, I'm really excited that you're willing to share that part of your life and that story and uh, help the women see that our, list, our listeners see and hear that, uh, you know, we all go through struggles. And if there's something that you're struggling with, ladies, then we all go through struggles. Life is inherently a, has struggles, right? But it's like, what are we going to do with it? What are we going to make of it? How are we going to like harness our energy, our power, our yes, to really step into that thing we want to step into instead of just crying about it for the rest of our lives, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah I, lo I love your mission because um, I think a lot of times not only do we not go after our dreams, I think sometimes we've forgotten how to dream and that's even more tragic. Oh, you know? wow. That's true. I never really thought about that before. I guess yeah. you working with seniors, do you find people that have forgotten to how to dream? Yeah, and it's it's not just with seniors. It's I think it's kind of rampant in our society. Like we have this structure that we're kind of expected to follow, you know, this little path. And we're almost kind of like robots. We go to school, we get a good job, we have a retirement account. Like that's what we're supposed to do. And that doesn't leave a lot of, of room for dreaming. And when people do dream, I think 
society tends to push that down and say that's that's not realistic. You need to be an adult. Mm, yes, so I don't yes. I don't know when becoming an adult has gotten equated with killing your dreams, but I think for a lot of people it has. Wow. And so how do if you don't mind just going right into that, how did you go from lawyer to fitness coach? Yeah, like, it's not it's not a usual usual path. No. <laughs> um I'd always thought I wanted to be a lawyer. I'm pretty argumentative by nature, so it seemed like a great profession to get actually paid to argue. Um, so, you know, did the thing where I went straight from high school to college, straight from college to law school, got a job at a big law firm. And actually, I love the work. I mean, I felt it was very intellectually challenging. I didn't like the politics of it so much, mm. um, but the actual work I enjoyed. But, you know, I'd married my high school sweetheart five years into our marriage. We decided to have kids. And so at one point we had our, our daughter and we were literally meeting at the airport because I was flying out and he was flying in or vice versa. We were trying to trade our kid off at the airport because we didn't live in a town with family. And we just kind of looked at each other and like, what, what are we doing? You know, oh, wow. you know, it just was one of those kind of moments when you think this, this is not the parent I want to be. This is not the life I want. And even though I, I enjoyed the actual intellectual part of my work, you know, just decided our kids were going to be our focus for a while. So I was able to stay home um, and be a stay at home mom for a while and kind of just live that world and um, kind of got into fitness because I wanted to stay healthy, to be a good role model for my kids and to be around and healthy for my kids. We have two daughters and um, just kind of fell into the group fitness thing, saw a sign they needed group fitness instructors. I love the group fitness dynamic. I don't really mm -hmm. push myself otherwise. So kind of just stepped out into it, tried it, fell absolutely in love with it, Dr. Brandy. Like just loved everything about it. Loved being able to inspire other women and encourage them and see them progress along their goals. And it, it just kind of lit me up in a way that practicing law never did. Um, so never went back. Wow. Well, that had to be a really big decision because, I mean, because that's a really big decision. Yeah. And a, and a lot of yeah. people. What was the hardest my, part of that? Um, it really wasn't that hard for my husband and I because we were aligned with what we wanted for our family. Of course, we had to adjust our finances because unfortunately, fitness instructors don't get paid nearly the same as yeah. a, a lawyer at a big um, law firm. But we just made lifestyle adjustments because we knew that was our priority. Um, the hardest thing was dealing kind of with my extended family and friends who thought I was an absolute nutcase. Wow. You know, because they're like, you're so smart and you have all this education and you have oh. this ability to make this income. Why would you walk away from that? Um, but for me, I'm like, I'm, I am pretty smart and I'm smart enough to know that's not the life that I want to lead and that's not the life I want for my family. So um, it was it was odd, though. I got a lot of resistance from people who were close to me. Wow. Yeah, because they don't know what it's like to be trading your kid off at the airport as your husband is coming in and you're going out like people just don't understand what it's like. That's why they have no clue. Yeah. Well, and I didn't either until I was in that moment and I thought, what are we doing? Like, what if one flight was off? Like we had no, we had no safety net. We had no other plan. It was just, 
I mean, I'm glad it happened because it, it caused a shift, but you know, at that moment you just think, wow, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Sweet. And so, yeah, I mean, it sounds like you're kind of just followed your heart. You're like, you know what, this is what my heart is telling me and let's do this. Yeah. And it, I mean, it has taken my life in a completely different direction that I never, ever would have guessed. Um, I fell in love, especially with working with senior, the senior population. It's not like I'd always enjoyed being around older people. I mean, I'd been around my grandparents, but that was pretty much it. But like they have so much life experience and I was teaching like when my kids were teenagers. And so I would get all kinds of parenting advice from people who had been there, you know, um, so it was like having a whole room full of people who really had great life experience to offer me. And so why, why wouldn't you want to tap into that? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I, you know, I really, I, I just kind of dream of the day that in our society, because this happens in third world countries, but in our society that we actually value the elderly or the senior population, the people who have wisdom and experience in our life, because it doesn't seem like we do. No, and I, I'm not sure when that shift happened, because if you look back at history, you know, there were lots of big families that lived together and the older population, they were revered, you know, they were an esteemed like section and now they're just kind of an afterthought or they're in the way, um, they're not fast enough or tech savvy enough and yeah. they're pretty much to the lar a large extent, unfortunately, pushed aside. And I, I think that's not only tragic in that we don't respect what they've already contributed to society. For me, that's enough to treat them with respect. But yeah. you're also missing out on a lifetime of experience. Mm -hmm. And so just just selfishly, it's it's not wise to, to put them aside. So I agree with you. I'd love to see to see them be more respected in our society. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So thank you for the work you do. <laughs> oh, thank you. I enjoy it. Awesome. And then, so you're coaching and you're doing fitness. Talk to me a little bit about what that looks like. Like what's your style of coaching and where do yeah. you focus your attention? Um, well, when Corona is not happening and keeping us out of, you know, public gatherings, I would teach nine or 10 fitness classes a week. Um, but I also do a lot of online coaching and I know um, you're into that as well um, because you can reach and help so many more people. And so I really like to help, especially women, middle-aged women are usually the people that I attract because we have shared life experience. And I just like to help them whether they want to li live like a full keto lifestyle or a more modified lower carb lifestyle, because there's so many health benefits to that. And it just, I, I really have a heart for women and how, you know, most of the women I know, they've been dieting since they were probably 11 or 12, trying the next fad diet, always starving themselves, trying to work, you know, out and guilt. There's a whole guilt shame construct mm -hmm. that's always sort of playing in the back of their mind. If I eat this, I have to do this. And I just, I, I'd love to help women find a lifestyle that fits the way they want to live that keeps them healthy, active, mobile, but they aren't always consumed with food or calorie counting or, you know, the guilt shame kind of thing. Um, so that's, that to me is very rewarding to help women sort of 
step into the lifestyle that they want instead of a diet that they're just trying to get results from. Man, that is so needed. Like I'm serious. Like from my, my history is I was 12 sizes bigger than I am now. I had obsessive compulsive disorder with food. I was bulimic. Like I have all these things around food and my relationship with food that I'm still working on. Um, but it's better today than it's ever been. But boy, if I had had somebody in my life teach me that at an earlier age, man, how much less struggle would I have had to have gone through? True. But on the flip side, because you went through that, you are now doing something that helps so many more women because you've had that life experience. You have that empathy. So, That's I mean, yes, it's unfortunate that you personally went through it. But how fortunate for all the women who are in your Facebook group and who get coaching from you and who listen to your podcast. Um, so, well, you know, sometimes <laughs> what, what we've gone through, you know, it, it gives you a platform and a voice that other women, you can help avoid some of those issues that you've struggled and continue to struggle with. Yeah, totally. I mean, I don't. Um... Yeah, I don't wish my anything was different. I'm I'm totally grateful for everything in my life. I'm just I was saying that because you're helping people reduce the struggle that they potentially might go through otherwise. Because I know what it's like to be trapped in the next diet. I'm like, I'm the queen of programs. That's what I used to call myself, the queen of programs, because I've done them all, you know. And nothing ever really works until you get down to what you're doing is is reevaluating how you're re relating. I'm, I'm presuming this is what you're doing, reevaluating how you're relating to your body, um, why, you know, reassessing why you're doing the dieting and the fitness and all that kind of stuff and getting a, a better handle on how to move forward in life without the guilt and the shame. I mean, I love what you said because it's so important to get to the root of what people are dealing with. Mm. A lot of people are attracted to a keto lifestyle because they've seen people have great fat loss results and they're like, I want that. And I'm like, that, that's great. Why do you want that? Mm. You know, it's so important to get past that superficial goal to find out what's really driving them. Do you want that? Because you're maybe you're so embarrassed of your appearance that you're not living life to the fullest because if you won't get in a bathing suit and pe play with your kids at the beach, you're missing out on that life experience, yeah. you know, and maybe it's it's causing um, relationship issues between you and your husband if you don't have good self-esteem, for example. Or maybe what's bothering you is that extra weight and the extra stress on your joints. Maybe it's making you less mobile and you're in pain and you're not being able to physically do what you want and need to do. Or maybe you don't sleep well at night. You know, it could be a variety of things, not just how you look in that little black dress mm. that matters. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I really like finding out what's driving women and kind of getting to the root cause of why do you want to lose weight? And as a health practitioner, I do recognize that, yes, if you're overweight, that's causing physical problems. But let's get to that mental, emotional reason why mm. maybe you're at that state. Because mm -hmm. diets to me are just, it's kind of like a Band-Aid on a problem. And that's why the programs never work because we're not addressing the heart and the mind issue. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So, okay. So I know what, I know what our ladies that are listening to this right now are thinking. They're like, oh, I don't want to do keto. You know, <laughs> I hear this because I, I tend to lean into that type of lifestyle a bit too for some of my patients, not all of them. Um, 
Yeah. What would you say? How do you describe how your keto is different or why somebody might want to do keto or low carb lifestyle? The main difference I have in other coaches that I've seen is that I don't have a one size fits all approach mm. because I, I feel like coaches that lead with that, it's more about the coaching ego in their system and their program mm. than caring about what that client want, wants and what their unique makeup is and their goals and their needs are as far as lifestyle. So I help people like find a fit for them. So some people can do strict keto, but it's a very, very challenging diet, at least for most Americans, because it's so opposite of the standard American diet. So some people can do it for a short amount mm -hmm. of time, but very few people can do it effectively as a lifestyle. Um, so I like to help people find kind of a keto-ish version that works for them. Mm. And there are different terms for that. There's strict keto, there's dirty keto, there's lazy keto. But what I like to find is real life keto. So what mm. is a diet and a lifestyle that will work for you? Because this perfect diet in theory is not perfect if you won't do it and maintain it. Mm. So finding something maybe that's less perfect on paper, but that you can stick with and be happy and healthy, like that's what I help women find. And so we have a huge range of people. I myself don't do a strict keto diet. I mm -hmm. drink exogenous ketones and do more of a low carb kind of carb aware diet. Mm -hmm. And I do a lot of intermittent fasting, but I exercise a lot. So that is a blend that really works for me. It keeps me happy. Mm -hmm. I can still go out and be social at restaurants. If I want to have a cupcake at you know, somebody's birthday party, I can do that without going completely off the rails. Mm. Whereas someone who's absolutely strict keto, like just eating a grape or chewing gum can throw them off yeah. track, right? Yeah. And so to me, it's all about finding that right, right balance, that real life keto that works for you. And it, it may not strictly be keto according to the experts, but if you're reducing those inflammatory carbs in your life, yeah and you're eating more whole foods, if I'm getting you to move closer to that ideal, you're better off than you were before, and you're taking baby steps toward a better you tomorrow. So just trying to get people to be 1% better, not trying to make them do a huge jump to a lifestyle that they're not gonna maintain. I mean, it, it'd be great if we all ate organic food, and we did meal prep, and you know we never ate fast food, is that realistic for most people? No, that's why real life keto is finding what works for you in your life. Mm, love that. So what I'm hearing is don't get caught up on the keto word, actually. And, you know, also what I think is a really important point right now is to just point out the, the benefit of having someone like yourself, having a coach help you figure it out. Otherwise, you're going to struggle trying to figure out what's right for you. And you're going to feel like a failure because you're not going to find out what's right. Or you can't stay within the, the range of ketones that you intended, even when you're drinking it. And, you know, you'll have all these stories, right? And, uh, and to have someone like I actually, I just hired a new coach and um, so excited. Oh, my God. So it's always so exciting for me to hire a new coach, you know. And uh, I had my first visit with him today. And and before our visit, I sent him an, a little email and I was like, okay, can we please talk about time management? Because I'm really worried I'm going to get caught up in, in uh, I know I'm going to get busy with you and, and sometimes I can lose myself. I lose my self-care and my relationship all lags because I just go work, you know, 100%. So I was kind of freaking out, right? So he gets on, we get on our call and he says, let's, let's do this first. Let's talk about this time management business. 
And within five minutes, he had it all like, I was like, okay, okay, got it. We can do this. And by the end of the call, he was like, okay, can you do this one little thing by Friday? And I was like, oh, I can certainly, I probably have that done tonight, you know? <laughs> like, okay. And so it's beneficial to have someone like yourself, some kind of coach that can help you take the 1% step and not have a, 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 an idea, you have an idea, a vision of where you want to go, but you don't have to get there tomorrow, right? You don't have to go all in 100% right now and then figure out that it's not working for you. But if you have a coach like yourself, you're going to have someone holding your hand through this process. Yes. And the value of finding a coach who listens to you, who actually asks questions and listens to the responses mm -hmm. instead of just pushing whatever program or whatever their ideas are on you. It's important to find a coach who will actually listen mm -hmm. because if they're not listening, you know, we're all so different. And even at different times, we might need different coaches, you know, because, oh, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm a different person than I was 10 years ago. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of it's the same, but I'm in a different stage of life. I have different priorities. I've gotten 10 years older, 10 years wiser, hopefully. And yeah. so finding a coach who will actually listen to you and work with you to me is is paramount. Yes, having a coach can be helpful because they can help you avoid the pitfalls that they are aware of. You know, it's kind of like parenting. As a parent, I, I relate almost everything to parenting. But <laughs> I want for my kids to be able to do more than I did and to better to better themselves more than I did, not just financially, but in every way. So I want them to learn from my mistakes, right? So I want them to be able to benefit mm -hmm. from my experience. That's exactly what a coach can provide for you. They can help you go through, if you're going to go through a minefield, go behind someone who knows where the mines are so they can yeah. help you avoid it. Um, so yeah, I'm with you totally into the value of having a coach, but it's mm -hmm. important to make sure, just like your medical professional, make sure they listen to you. When I have people tell me, oh, my doctor says that keto is not good for me. Like, well, did they talk to you about it? Did they discuss it with you? No, no. They just said the one day in in med school that they spent on nutrition that they they don't think that's a good idea. I'm like, right. You might want to find a new doctor. Yeah, no joke. No joke. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious though because I did mention I did hear you mention uh, dirty keto. So I'm I'm presuming you're not prescribing dirty keto, are you? Well, to me, if dirty keto is better than what they were eating before, it, oh. it could be a step in the right direction. I don't mess up good for perfect. Like I literally meet people where they are. So if they're eating fast food, like every meal and everything they eat is out of a box or a can or a package, and I can take that lifestyle, adjust what they're eating within those constraints, that's an easier step for them to take than for them to go, oh, I only have to shop at Whole Foods in the farmer's market. Like for some people, that's just too much. Yeah. So my, my choice is, do I leave them there where they are or do I meet them where they are, help them take a little step toward eating, you know, maybe counting their carbs, even if it's dirty keto. Okay. They, they take that step. They feel a little better. They feel a little progress then I can baby step them over a little bit more. So I don't judge people for what they eat. I just try to get them to take a little bit of step over because I know 
from my fitness experience. I've seen women come in January. I'm going to take 12 classes. I'm going to work on the treadmill. I'm going to lift weights. They do that for two or three days, maybe two or three weeks. Then they're gone. I never see them again. Well, I injured my shoulder and I hurt this and I couldn't walk the next day. Don't try to do too much. If all you start to do is walk to the mailbox and back a couple of times a day, awesome. You weren't doing that before. That's great. Have some success. Build on that success. So, yeah, I mean, I'll take somebody and move them through dirty keto. That's not why I advise it's a perfect diet. But is it better than they were before? As long as you're improving, I'm happy. I love that. I love that. That's really great. <laughs> I mean, know. isn't that what we all want? We just want to be a little bit better. We don't want this ideal out there that we know we can never, ever reach. Because if we shoot for that and we miss, then we get into that whole thing. Something's wrong with me. Yeah. I'm a bad person. I'm lazy. I'm undisciplined. No, mm -hmm. you just tried to jump from here to here. Mm -hmm. Right. No one starts a marathon and just one day goes and runs it. You start running or walking a little bit and you add on. Nobody mm -hmm. starts with super heavy weights. You start with slow. You build that muscle. You build those habits and then you you move on. Yeah. That's awesome. And just for our audience's uh, education, would you describe what dirty keto is? Because they're probably like some of them don't know. Yeah, well, and there's no hard and fast definition to it. Everybody defines it a little differently. So if you were strict keto, you're eating and because you kind of need that perspective of what it all is yeah. in order to understand the gradation. So if you were strict keto, you're eating the majority of your calories from healthy fats. Then you're eating a moderate amount of protein and very, very low carbs. And the carbs that you're eating are like green leafy vegetables, not breads and pastas and sugars. And if you're strict keto, a lot of people on strict keto won't do any dairy because dairy can be very inflammatory. They're eating whole foods, not processed foods. So that's kind of on one end as like this ideal extreme. And then you've got more lazy, dirty keto where you're trying to still eat within the macros of a keto diet, but you're a little more lax on what those foods look like. So you might eat more processed foods. Um, you might even eat um, like fast foods, packaged foods, but you're still eating with the idea of having the majority of your calories come from healthy fats, moderate amount of protein, and then low in carbs. So, you know, there's a, a nice range in there. And you just, I'm sorry, Rebecca, you just, you cut, you just cut out on that last piece. So that was healthy fats, moderate protein, and low carb. Is that yes. true? Yes. Okay. Looks like we have a lag. Sorry about that. Oh, sorry. It's all good. <laughs> technology. Yeah. So really, <laughs> some, yes, technology is not my gift. It's a, you know, it's a curse and a blessing. I mean, it's nice because we're talking and I'm in Kentucky and you're in Colorado. Yeah. So it's nice that way. But man, it's not my gift. Um, but people get to that keto lifestyle in different ways. And so you have your purists and then you've got people that, you know, use prepackaged keto foods. Um, they can even do fast food like they'll do fast food burgers without the buns, without the fries, without the soda. Fast food burger without the bun, without the fries, without the... Okay, okay. Right? So that, yeah. because that could be, you could still meet those parameters of eating healthy fats the most and then, you know, carbs are low. 
but it might not be the best quality food. So moving over to the other extreme where you're more strict, you might not eat at fast foods at all. You're only eating grass fed beef, you know? Yeah. So right. It's yeah. just a range. And like I said, meeting people where they currently are is the most important thing because then you can continue to baby step them over. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. I, 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 it's so beneficial. And sometimes I think I even struggle with it a bit because I'm like, you got a problem. We got to correct it, you know, but yeah, I appreciate that, uh, that way of meeting people where they're at and helping them baby step. It's really beautiful. Well, and it, I think Dr. Brandy, it helps kind of avoid the typical women cycle of feeling guilty and mm. inadequate and not being enough. Because when we see these ideals, these people who do CrossFits and marathons and eat organic food and, you know, the, the social media ideal, we see that. And then we are like, well, it was my eight-year-old's birthday party and I ate some cake. And so now I'm the worst human ever. Mm, yeah. You know, I just hate, I hate for women to be trapped and to be living that way. Like live yeah. your best life where you are. That doesn't mean we can't have room for improvement, but enjoy and appreciate where you are and let's just keep moving forward. Yeah. And the, and the ideal that we see on Instagram and in the pictures and, you know, that, that is like maybe why someone might think they want to do something like this or do fitness or diet down or something. Um, but I would, I would encourage people to ask themselves, like, why is that even important? And maybe even ask yourself that five or six times. And why is that important? And why is that important? Because I think what ultimately we get down to, it seems like for most women is either a lack of self-worth, not feeling good enough, not, um, not feeling loved. Like it just kind of comes down to those groups. Is that what, do you feel that to be true? Yeah. Um, so like when you were saying that, I thought of, um, peeling the onion back. Anybody that ever watched Shrek, my kids were really into that when that was on and talking about the layers of the onion. I mean, that's what you're doing, right? You're trying to get to the heart of the matter. And a lot of times, we don't see what it is and it takes a coach like you to keep encouraging. Mm -hmm. Okay. But why is that? And why is that important mm -hmm. until we really get down to what the driving force is? I think that's, that's where a coach comes in. So value, they ha mm -hmm. valuable, they have that perspective and they can help guide you. Even though you're talking about yourself, you think I know myself better than anyone, but you know, we have so much, so many stories that we've told ourselves over and over again that it's hard for us sometimes to realize our own worth because we've told ourselves, you're not worthy. You always mess up. You've tried diets. You've always failed. It works yeah. for other people. Something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with you. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's easy to tell ourselves stories. Like, it happens to me. Like I'm actually practicing noticing when I'm telling myself a story and like all morning before I went to work, when I was working, I was working outside, you know, just working on our property. And I was like, I wonder if so-and-so thinks this. And, and I'm like, Oh, I just made that up. There's a story. Like we're constant. It's so constant. When you start looking at how often you're telling stories, you may, you may, Oh, you know, put a mask on it that makes it look like you're just, um, you know, considering or, <laughs> You know, whatever, but stories going on up there. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, and that's something that, because I, I do have daughters, and that's something that I tried to be very cognizant of as they were growing up. You know, like we want them to be concerned about their health, but not be like overly concerned with their appearance, you know? And so it's a fine line having them choose healthy foods because of how it empowers your body to do the tasks that they want to do not because of how it's going to make you look on Instagram, you know? Mm. So there's that fine line of how do you have that discussion with young women who are really so driven by social media, you know, it's, mm. it's difficult. And so I always tried to say, you know, like you've got to catch yourself if you're thinking, well, so-and-so's thinking that of me or so-and-so's thinking that that's your story. Mm-hmm. Unless they've actually said that to you, that's the story, like you said, Dr. Brandy, that you've created in your head. And this is kind of a funny little story. But when I was, you know, a teenager, I have a generous backside, let's just say. Okay. So that was a point like of teasing, like people used to, oh. this was before like JLo made it like in, you know? Yeah. Right. And so I was very self-conscious about that. And so anytime I felt like anybody was looking at me, I, oh, they're just looking at me because I have a big rear end. You know, mm-hmm. that was a story I told myself. And then at some point I decided to say, you know, my story's going to be, they're looking at me because they wish they had that, you know? Nice. Like, so I just changed the narrative in my head. And so my, my daughters, when I told them that, they're like, oh my gosh, you think everybody's hitting on you or everybody's jealous of you. I'm like, if I'm going to make up a story in my head, I'm going to make myself into a desirable, attractive, healthy yeah. person and let that be what plays over and over in my head. Yeah. Not that other people are thinking, not, not flattering things about me. Yeah. And and it's really awesome. It's cool that you, you had that ability to do that in high school. I did not. Um, It took me a very long time, but it's, it's really fun to, to explore how you're treated before you do those mindset shifts and then how you're treated after. Like I had a a mindset shift the other day. I was like, okay, I'm just going to get my head out into the space that I want to be in. Right. Because I, I try to set the stage for my day, you know, and it's just so obvious how people interact with me differently when I'm in that space, as opposed to my down gripey, whatever's going on, you know, period time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and if you think about it, like, um, Think about it from the perspective of a teenage and like think back to when you were a teenager. Like I always felt if I had a boyfriend, that's when all these other guys were more interested in me. Mm. Well, it's probably because I had the confidence of having a boyfriend, that validation Mm. that made me more attractive, you know? Yeah. And then when when you're single, then you start having all these doubts and whatever in, in your brain. Because a lot of teenage girls, I mean, I know I did, thought that until I had a boyfriend, I wasn't really yes. winning at life. Such a destructive thought. But anyway, but then when you're single, you start to think, what's wrong with me? Why am I single? Mm. You know, and then that's what you're projecting out. I'm a huge believer in mindset and that what you put out is basically what you attract back in. So why not put out positivity? Why not put out good vibes and self-confidence instead of, yeah. you know, because yeah. it, it's just, it's, um, what is that called when it just kind of replicates? It's like self-fulfilling, yes. you know? Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, so true. So true. And it's a choice. And you have to, if it's not natural for you to be in that space of choosing happiness, it takes work and it takes consistency and it takes showing up for yourself every single day and a bunch of compassion because you're going to fall down. Yeah. And yeah. again, that's a great place where a coach can come mm -hmm. alongside you, help you recognize when you're in that old pattern and help you build that 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 muscle really of oh, yeah. framing it in a different way. So instead of something happening to you and you feel like, why does this happen to me? Why do I always have a flat tire? Why do I always get sick before mm -hmm. vacation? Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of negativity just spirals instead of saying, okay, I had a flat tire on the way to work. I've got the bad part of my day over with. Everything else is going to be good. You know, if that's the worst yeah. thing that happens to you, Okay. So true. <laughs> yeah. That's and it's so not true. always easy in the moment, but the more you practice it, the easier it gets where you, you feel like the universe is doing things for you instead of against you. Yes. Yes. Thank you for that. That's good. Yeah. So I'm curious if you have maybe a story to tell about someone that you're coaching or have coached that has had something extraordinary happen in their life that you would like to share with us? Well, what always amazes me, you know, because like I said, a lot of people are attracted to what I do because it can help them reach their weight loss goals. Mm -hmm. But, and, and those are great and they can have an actual like physical benefit, obviously to their life. But the stories that I love most are how their relationships are impacted by what they're mm -hmm. doing for themselves. You know, like when women say, I'm a better mom, I have more patience with my kids. I, have more energy with my kids. That sort of story means a lot more to me than, oh, I'm down six pant sizes. I mean, that's great and we can celebrate that, but how does that impact you as an individual and your relationship with yourself? Um, one of my good friends has lost over a hundred pounds and, you know, she was a very large person, you know, was having significant health challenges. And so, yeah, she's down 100 pounds and she still wants and needs to lose more, but she feels so much better about who she is that she doesn't really define herself on the weight. Like she used to tell me every time she reached a new milestone and now her focus is just on like, I don't take melatonin to go to sleep at night anymore uh. and I, I don't need a double espresso to get myself going in the morning. Mm. And so that that's the power, right? Like that yeah. her life is better, not just that her size is changing, which is how often as women we define our value. Like mm. don't be defined by a number, but those other markers in her life, she has better energy. Her joints don't hurt. Um, she can sleep well at night. Those are, those are the life impacts. Like if you can help somebody with those things, yeah. like, yeah, that that's why I do what I do. Yay. I love that. That's so great. Yeah, it's so fun to watch people like wake up and to disrobe, right? Just take off the old coat that of who they thought they were to find something so much deeper and special and greater and, and powerful inside. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of times as women, we're, we're givers by nature, you know, like we nurture our children, we take care of our aging parents, we take care if we're married, our spouse or our significant other, like we're always giving and we feel like doing things for ourselves is selfish. Mm 
Mm-hmm. It's the most giving thing you could possibly do. Thank you. Yes, because if you take care of yourself, you are in a better position to care and nurture others. That is no right? joke. And w- but we feel guilty. Oh, I, the first thing that goes, I don't have time to work out because I've got to do this, that, and the other. I don't mm-hmm. have time to sleep because I've got to do this, that, and the other. No, you have to make yourself a priority. That's why they tell you, right, this is an old adage, right? Like they tell you, put the life vest on yourself and put the oxygen on yourself before you help somebody else. Because if you aren't in a position to help other people, you can't help them. Yeah, right. right. That's so true. You know, I'm just kind of thinking um, that maybe it would be helpful for our listeners to hear why they might want to do keto or a low carb style, you know, you know, or what'd you call it? A real life keto? Is that what yeah. you call it? Real life? Yeah. Real life right. keto? For, it's keto for real life, real women who like still go out to eat and still have kids and, you know, take a little bite of their mac and cheese, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. that happens. But if you're trying to do strict keto and so many communities out there for keto, are so harsh and unforgiving. They're like, if you don't do this thing, you're not doing keto. And you're not a part of the tribe. Right. Like you're out of here. Like we want to have a welcoming um, community and that's what we've created. Like we have a 21 day challenge Mm -hmm. where we take people from knowing nothing about what the keto diet is. We spend a week on low carb, what that looks like, what substitutions you can make for pastas and breads. Then we spend a week on high fat because most people are terrified of eating high fat. They're afraid it makes them fat. So we talk about why it's important and why it helps your body. And then we spend the final week on macros. If you wanted to follow a strict keto diet, what that would look as far as your proportions of carbs, proteins, and fats. But all along the way, we give them that education, that information. But we say, find what works for you in your real life to help you be healthy and continue to improve. Because most people don't want to make that jump to strict keto. And so a keto lifestyle, um, people don't really understand the damage that carbs can do to your body. The cravings, like if you eat a candy bar, you might have great energy for an hour and then you have that sugar crash and then you're more tired than you were before and you want more sugar. So it's this roller coaster of I need something to eat. Well, then you eat, you go up, you go down, you go up, you do up. And it's it's really hard on your body to make good choices when you're on that roller coaster And carbs also cause a lot of systemic inflammation in the body. And there's more and more research coming out that shows a lot of conditions that we think are just a normal sign of aging Mm. can actually be let, you know, trace back to your diet. Things like Alzheimer's and dementia. Yes. Parkinson's. Even things like ADHD. There are a lot of things that show that has to do with inflammation and carbs are a big inflammatory thing that we put in, most of us put in our bodies. So if I can get someone to lower their carb and lower that inflammation in their body, suddenly maybe their joints and bones and stuff don't ache and stuff as much. Yes. And they have more clear focus. They don't have that carb brain fog. Mm -hmm. Um, So there are a lot of real reasons that you might want to go keto or low carb, even if weight loss is not a goal of yours. Um, Just Mm -hmm. helping your body become 
an optimized version of how we're supposed to be. Yeah. I love that. Did I tell you about my keto story? I don't think so. Okay. Can I share that with you? Sure, please. Okay. Um, so for me, I was, I being the queen of programs, I got to a point in my life where I was like, I'm not ever going to do a diet again. And uh, it was like the healthiest choice I could make for myself. Well then, you know, keto comes out and I'm like, Oh, I kind of want to do this thing. And then I started, started exploring it and realized, okay, people are eating cream cheese and bacon and that's what they're doing. Like, screw that. I'm never going to do that. And so, and I just kept seeing posts of that, you know, oh, I'm eating keto and it's this dirty keto. Right. And I was just like, forget about it. And, you know, patients would ask me, I'd be like, don't do that. You know, <laughs> like, don't do it. And so um, about a year ago, maybe not quite a year ago, uh, I had uh, this thing happen with my brain. And, and basically what would happen, and I, I might pick up something like this phone, and I'd be like, uh, this, 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 and I couldn't think of the word. And my boyfriend would be like, phone? And I'm like, yeah, this phone. And then, you know, just a few minutes later, uh, this, this, this candle? Yeah, candle. Like, I literally couldn't, I couldn't retrieve words. Like, I could, I know what a phone is. I know what a candle is. I know what a glass of water is, but I was unable to know how to say the word. And it got really scary because I don't know if, any, if anybody's ever had trouble with their brain. It's a really scary place to be. I have done genetic testing and I have no genes for Alzheimer's. Um, but I will tell you that to not be able to say words to the point of not talking. So I would just not talk because I was afraid I wasn't going to be able to say the words. Like it was like that. And my tongue started doing this weird thing where it wasn't connected to my brain. Like I literally was losing it. And, uh, and, and through all of that fear, I was like, holy crap, what's going on with me? And so I just studied and studied and studied and studied and studied brain health, brain science, all this stuff. How do you improve it? And every single specialist that has had progress and is having progress with people recovering from Alzheimer's, and there are people recovering from Alzheimer's, keto's the only way to do it. Like you have to get off the sugars. You have to get off the inflammatory foods because, and you have to heal the gut. And so I went in and I just went straight full on, like I got the keto mom sticks and you know, <laughs> I'm like doing the whole thing. And I'm gonna tell you what, I've got like 98% improvement. I've still got a little bit of ways to go. I can see maybe when I get tired or if I'm hormonal or something's off a little bit. And I'm not doing strict keto right now. I mean, I'm just not. It's not the best healthy thing for me and my hormonal system uh, to do that. But I do intermittent fast, like you said. And I, I do some days it's 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 really low carbs and sometimes i have a little bit more carbs depending on where what phase of my cycle i'm in but yeah i'm i'm sharing that because i think it's really really important for women to know that first of all there's a way to prevent dementia and alzheimer's like you can totally do that you can I don't know if you can totally prevent it, but you can certainly improve your odds for sure. Improve your odds. There you go. Yeah, totally. Right. And, and you do, like you're saying, you have to get off the sugars. It inflames your brain. Yeah. That, I mean, that would be a terrifying experience. I remember when I was helping care for my grandmother, she lived with my mom until she passed away. And so she had mm -hmm. Alzheimer's and mm -hmm. I remember staying with her. So my mom could take a much needed vacation and 
she couldn't remember my name. Like she knew that I was a friendly person, but she would go, I'd say, well, what's my name? And she'd go, Steve, you know, like she just had no idea. Um, And it, it would be just terrifying not to be able to recall words. Like she was to the point where she would forget to swallow. So when I would make sure she would eat, I'd be like, okay, chew. Okay. Swallow. Like she would forget those things. And you know, when you were talking about the, the brain, it's not just the inflammation that is up there that's causing problems, but our brains need fat. They need healthy fats to operate at an optimal level. And we know this, like when my kids were, were little and they were breastfed, the doctor said, you know, after you wean them, you need to have them on full whole fat milk you know, until they're two, and then you can gradually wean them down to 2%, 1% skim milk because everybody knows fat will make you fat. So as they get older, they don't need it. I said, well, why do you want me to give whole fat to them when they're toddlers then? Well, their brains are still developing and brains need fat. Yes. Guess what, people? Your brain still needs fat. It's not like you get a new brain when you're four years old and you don't need fat anymore. But in our society, we've vilified fat to the point where people don't eat enough. And so our brains are literally starving for that and we don't give it to them. Yeah. And so we wonder why Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementia, things are worse. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're not eating fat, you're depriving your, not only your brain, your hormones, it takes, you have to have fat to make hormones. You have to have fat to have healthy cellular you know, uh, your cells. I mean, you know, everything takes fat. And if you're depriving yourself of fat and, uh, and, you know, I do want to clarify and you did speak to this, but I think it's important to clarify again, healthy fats, <laughs> not vegetable oil, corn oil, canola oil. And, you know, oh, and those fat. will have so many inflammatory responses just with those. And, but we've been to, for lack of a better word, snookered, right? Like mm-hmm. we've been told, Ooh, don't eat butter. That's bad for your heart. That's bad for your arteries. Eat this margarine, like this man-made, whatever it is. I don't even know. That's been bleached and then colored and, and it's actually gray. That's why they put color oh, in it. Okay. Right. Yeah. But oh. I mean, we've been told that we're like, oh, don't mm-hmm. eat eggs or bacon because that'll make your heart explode and whatever. And mm-hmm. eat this healthy cereal. And then you look at the cereal and it's just full of carbs. And so you look at Americans like our health, we've gotten bigger, we've gotten fatter, diabetes is on the rise, and even our kids now are diabetic or pre-diabetic, mm-hmm. and they eat more sugar, more carbs for breakfast than you should eat all day long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's terrifying. It is. It's sad. It's very sad. So, yeah. But it's it's good to have that awareness because as women, we think it's our fault that we're heavy, and it's our fault that we're tired, and I feel like napping, and that makes me a bad mom. No, it's because you're eating what you were told to eat, which is terrible for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you just don't know. Wow. Yeah, it's a big deal. So thank you so much. And then um, I know you have the 12-week program you talked about. Now, is that a free program? Well, we have a range of programs. So okay, yeah. our signature program is a 21-day challenge. Okay. And it's free, but it's not free. And I'll explain why. Okay. When we first started doing it, we had it completely free where people could just sign up. We ended up, we would do Facebook groups and we'd provide that coaching over three weeks. We got to the point where we were having 500, 600 people join the group, but not a lot of them 
would finish as a percentage. And we decided, okay, it's because they don't have any skin in the game. It's really easy to sign up for a free challenge. So then we said, well, we'll just charge like $21. We'll charge a dollar a day. And so that's, you know, easy for people to do, but it gives them some skin in the game. Right when we did that is when the Corona thing happened and everybody kind of bunkered down and then they were eating their emotions, you know. And so what we yes. finally come up with is what we do now is we charge $37 for people to join the challenge. And we have daily tasks and they're small tasks, like little things that they do to show that they're watching our daily coaching videos, they're reading the material, and they have to check in with a daily poll. Did I do this? You know, am I tracking my carbs or am I trying to avoid starches? Whatever the challenge is for the day. If they check in every day and they've done the tasks, we refund their money 100%. Wow. So oh, it, that's really cool. Yeah. So it is totally free for the people who do it. That is really fun. What a great way to set that up. Incentive. Nice. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Sweet. And then uh, are there any particular type of person that might be fit for this program? Well, we call ourselves the Keto Sistas because we do keto with a little bit of attitude. Um, and it's mostly middle-aged women, you know, because you can get away with a lot when you're younger as far as eating carbs and sugar. You don't know the damage it's doing until you have that cumulative effect when you hit your mid-30s and 40s. So most are like middle-aged to older women that join us, but we've had younger women. We've even had men, and we just call them our keto bros. <laughs> We're nice. like, fun, you know, we'll welcome you, but it, it's mainly a community of women because we all have the same challenges, you know, similar life experiences. So um, we welcome anybody who's open to a healthy lifestyle change and are committed to doing gradual steps toward that. You don't have to make a huge jump. But yeah, middle-aged women probably are are the people we help the most. That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, what I'll do is I have your links and I will post those links in the show notes. I'll actually post those links in the Facebook page because we've okay. got some Facebook uh, people watching us right now, which is really exciting. Hello. Hi, Facebook people. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Um, yeah, so I'll post your links in the this actual uh, Facebook post because that'll be there. And then when we publish, actually uh, go publish the podcast, they'll be in the show notes page as well. So um, yeah, yeah, I'd love to have anybody that, you know, wants to try it out and it, it's not a firm commitment. You can try it out, learn a little bit. Maybe you decide you don't want to do strict keto. That's okay. I don't either. I like pizza and I've tried cauliflower pizza. It just doesn't do it for me. So, <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a no judgment grace grace-filled zone. Like we still will push you to be better, but we're very accepting of you make the choice that's right for you. Um, awesome. Thank you so much. I was just reading this comment and I, I can't see who posted it. I can't see the names. It says would put on women wouldn't let me. I'm not sure what that meant. So uh, if that's a question, uh, ladies, I'll get back to you on that. If you're um, posting questions right now, I'm having trouble seeing seeing the comments. Um, but yeah, so thank you so much for being here. And uh, ladies, I highly encourage you just to try it out, like give it a test run and see if you can find your real life keto or your real life way of eating to support your body and nourish your body in the best way possible so that you can be the healthiest that you can possibly be so that you can show up in the way that you want to show up for your family and for your community. And so you don't have brain challenges like I had to go through. So um, 
yeah, there's so many benefits to shifting into this style of eating. And I can't, I can't uh, thank you enough, Rebecca, for sharing this work. Well, thank you for having me and for what you do. I mean, I think your podcast is awesome. So thanks. I'm glad. Well, it's so great to have women like you on here. And uh, hopefully our, our people who are watching right now are just uh, enjoying the show. So <laughs> all right. So in, until next time, you know, ladies, I just want to remind you that you are the culmination of the five people you hang around most. And you just hung out with some really cool chicks. So go enjoy your enjoy your coolness and uh, feel fabulous because you are and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the ultimate biohack for women. If you'd like to dive deeper with our tribe, join us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you'd like to help grow our tribe, share this episode with your friends. Let's bring this light to our community so that other women can know their true power and we can create a tribe together worth being in. This podcast is for information purposes only. Dr. Brandy Victory is not a medical doctor. And the views and statements expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Dr. Brandy Victory and the producers, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.